Dopamine swipe, dopamine, dopamine swipe. Follow us, likes, double tap. What's going on, beautiful people? Welcome to the 817 Podcast, where we talk about trends, culture, news in the lovely city of Fort Worth. We are virtual today. Jimmy, what is up? How's it going? Going good. uh, You've been out of town this week, holding things down for SSA, um, and it's been the weirdest like worst week in a while i feel like you know i feel like in the last two years we've had a lot of opportunities to say man this is a terrible week but like literally actually like this was a pretty miserable week across the board both statewide nationally and internationally um first if you're running the countdown marathon this weekend, congratulations on finishing. It's always such an awesome event. And if you made it out there to support the runners also, uh, thanks for doing that. It, I know it means a lot to the people running, but congratulations to any listeners that uh, went out and ran a marathon or a half marathon this weekend. Yeah, you looks like you're, you looks like you, I thought you were getting into marathon shape based off of your, uh, your, uh, loss of weight i'm like man is this guy trying to run an ironman or something or you know no i did i did a half marathon once in high school and (laughs) at about mile 10 i was like i'm never doing this again totally literally i like it would take a very large sum amount of large sum of money that someone paid me to run a (laughs) marathon again yeah yeah (laughs) yeah um but man i yeah i yeah, what's uh? I mean, I know this is a local base um, podcast, but we would be, you know, just to really acknowledge like the shenanigans and just the heartbreak in Ukraine, and and then also I know Texas had a lot of um, things that we were dealing with as well. I mean, I was in Atlanta and Memphis for the last ten days. And I was, I was just thinking about not coming back. I was just like, hey, you know, <laughs> burn all the stuff in Texas and just like, you know, get out of there. But uh, yeah, I mean, so let's start with, um, I mean, Florida this week, their house passed the, their don't say gay bill. Um, fortunately, I believe without the amendment that would require teachers to report non straight students um but still just like a disgusting thing for those lawmakers to be approaching and um a terrible terrible thing for the state it hasn't passed the senate i don't know the makeup of their senate um but florida's got a chance to vote out DeSantis and a lot of those guys Um, so hopefully they do that and can try and turn things around for the state. Um, and then internationally, obviously, um, I mean, I, I never watch, uh, I never watch the news on TV, but you know, this is one of those few times that you tune in to see what's happening and, um, Russia invading Ukraine and man, I mean, those Ukrainians are badasses. Like 
this 40 something year old president who was a former comedian who people have just kind of been uh, trashing on for a while is, you know, like maybe not competent or, you know, just like a placeholder for the job. One, like he defeated Putin's puppet in an election to get into office there in like 2016. But two, like him, all of his cabinet, like the mayors of their major cities are all out there leading their troops on and just like putting up an awesome fight. Like they've just been totally badass. But then also, like it would be remiss to not say how important of a job Joe Biden has done over the last month, month and a half of using the intelligence that the U.S. had gotten, putting it out there as public information, not just to the U.S., but to other world leaders, rallying NATO, which Trump had tried to weaken and remove the U.S. from, so that literally the entire world, except basically China, is giving a big F you to Russia and is really going to cripple Putin in a lot of ways. Um, so I, I personally fall on the side of like, we don't need to engage militaristically until like a NATO country is attacked. Like that's the way NATO works. Um, but all that we've done with financial sanctions and getting troops to the borders of NATO countries and NATO nations getting supplies to Ukraine um, has been pretty epic and I think put Russia in a really bad spot. Let's move it uh, let's move it back to Texas and this is the like first, major negative thing that happened this week. And that is that Greg Abbott signed a, wrote a letter to the Department of Family and Protective Services, directing them to conduct a prompt and thorough investigation of any reported instances of using gender affirming medical care or hormone treatments for transgender children as child abuse. This guy is disgusting. I don't have, I've had a lot of very negative thoughts about Greg Abbott this week. Um, and ones that I won't vocalize because they are so negative. Like this is absolutely disgusting where they're they are saying that if a parent affirms their transgender child and, you know, helps them or allows them access to gender affirming treatment or hormone treatments that they should be reported for child abuse. Like that is absolutely disgusting. And I'm going, I'm going to take it a step further. I don't see this. I don't see what I'm going to say is alarmist. I see it as a very natural delineation is that 
like what happens when parents are reported for child abuse, the child is taken away from them, right? Where's that child going to go? I would imagine with these trans with transgender children in Texas, that those children are going to go to some quote unquote reeducation camp. And who knows what's going to happen to them there. So that's obviously like a step down the road. And I'm sure that this will have a lot of legal battles to face, but what an absolutely disgusting thing for him to do. And, and like, if you are transgender, non-binary um, in Texas, in the U S across the world, or you have a, a child or family member that uh, falls into those categories, like you are so valued and welcome as a Texan American human being. And these people who continue to throw and spew hatred at you for no reason have no place in the leadership positions that they do. And it is up to us to get rid of them. It is up to us to make sure that they do not hold those positions any longer. And if you are a person from out of state who is saying, why don't they just move? Why don't they just leave Texas? More than 5 million Texans voted Democrat in the last election. That is more people than like 35 or 37 of the United States. Like your reaction should be, how can I get to Texas to continue to swing the vote the other way? How can I continue to support the people that are there and make sure they have access to the the care and protection that they need? So I am very much so hoping that um, this gets you know, struck down in some level of court. I'm not super optimistic about that, given the makeup of the Supreme Court and the Texas higher courts right now. Um, but it was just a really sad day to live in Texas, um, seeing this unprompted act of evil come out. Yeah. I know something we didn't mention as well around, um, I guess now new looking for a new governor, Beto O'Rourke, the Democratic candidate, is spending election night March 1st in none other, other than Fort Worth. So um, I think um, to, to me, I, I feel like these kind of crazy outlandish ideas by Governor Abbott to me has a silver lining of of firing up the other side you know democrats who may have felt like oh you know beto doesn't have a chance Mm -hmm. and to me you used to be on this podcast very sounding unhopeful and i just feel like you just gave this like amazing you know jimmy for governor present uh speech of how we can turn texas blue i feel like we've been very um, not about that. And it seems like 
capturing this moment to show the true hate as getting out of hand on top of all the things that already happened with the abortion stuff and the spikes of people having to go online and out of the state to get the resources they need as Texans. Um, Now you add on this. So are you saying that you believe that um, we as Democratic Tarrant Countyans should really step up our game? Yeah, I mean, if... I, I was on the fence for this primary of if I was going to vote on the Republican or Democratic um, ballot. I am definitely on Tuesday going to vote on the Republican ballot so that I can go and vote against all these assholes as many times as possible. Like these people have no business being in office. I don't care. Like Don Huffines is running on eliminating property taxes. He, in a general election, like he could never actually get elected because he would literally bankrupt the state. In a primary, like there's enough crazy far right people that might get him to beat out Abbott. Like I'll join, I'll join that crew because I think Beto's got a better chance of beating him than Greg. Um, but like if you are a Democrat in Texas and you are not planning on voting in this primary or in this gubernatorial um, election come November, like you are failing so many kids and minorities in Texas who do not have a vote or do not have a say or the protection that they need and deserve as human beings. And like, we've got to go all out for this. And so I think like he's probably Abbott's probably doing this to try and like fire up his base of like, look what I'm willing to do. But like this needs to get Democrats so mobilized um, because it, if not like within a couple of years, like Texas is not going to be a safe place to live for a lot of gender nonconforming people. Yeah. Jimmy, I really think you have some of the best empathy in the world. I just want to let you know, every time I watch you speak about the right things, it's beautiful, my man. I just want you to know. I appreciate it. I don't have any empathy for um, far-right crazies. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Other, other than that, I can, uh, I can be empathetic for a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's remarkable, my friend. And uh, let's... We're, we're, we're pretty deep in the show already, by the way, good sir. And we only hit... Yeah, we're like 20 <laughs> minutes in. <Whoops. laughs> so we're going to... Let's fly through... Fly city through Council. Let's hit City Council. And um, the other short story we're going to discuss was the roads. So we will... Uh, well, not roads, but how long do people stay um, on roads when driving to work? So you want to hit the City Council one? Yeah. So... A nearly empty room heard the Fort Worth City Council devolve into nearly three more hours of bickering Tuesday, resulting in an impasse that forced the council to advance two new council maps for consideration instead of one. So we already last week were talking about how the council is doing the exact opposite of what this process is supposed to look like and trying to get all their 
hands and fingers all over the map that was selected by the independent redistricting committee. So they spent like four hours last week doing it, didn't come up with a map. Now they spent three hours this week doing the same thing, still not coming up with a map, still not putting forward map X that was selected by the redistricting committee. And it's just a big, uh, big smudge on like, I would say the legacy of the, the current city council, especially given how excited people were about all of the turnover in council and a really young new city council coming. Um, so I think that this has just been made a poor situation. Um, I think it goes to show why Ann Zeta was so passionate about doing this completely independent of the city council. Um, and it just continues to look worse and worse. So now there will only be one public one meeting for public comment on the maps. It'll be this coming Thursday. Um, and I, yeah, I don't, one like Carrie moon is all up in this process. Carrie moon yeah. is not, is not like a, a real city council member anymore for all intents and purposes. Like yeah. that's another reason I'm voting on the Republican primary is I, we need Carrie Moon to win that primary so that he is fully out of wow. Fort Worth City Council mm-hmm. and like cannot run again for that position in the special election over the summer. Um, wow. Because he's got his fingers all in this. And it's like, dude, like this is not your this is not your battle anymore. Like this is time to take a back seat and the, leave it to the people who this continue will continue to um impact on the council so i'm and then so carlos flores created a map his version was very similar to map x and it was dropped from consideration so now we've like totally thrown out the map from the independent committee essentially just like what a terrible situation um and this just does not reflect well on the current city council, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Moon's map is looking at, it does not, it's looking to create a second district in North Fort Worth. It does not create a second district with Hispanic majority. So yeah, that would be bad as well. Nettles uh, supported map was supported by Beck the new district 11 in his map. Yeah, this has just became a real debacle. And I, I mean, I know the Thursday meeting, you're going to be out of town. How serious, like, do you know people going? And do you know, like, like is Emily Ferris going or anybody, you know, like really standing up to this stuff? Or do you feel like everyone who cares about this? I know there was a huge task force and team, um, which included Kent Bradshaw, I believe, the one of the one of the fans of the pod who came on on our year show, and um, yeah, so yeah, you, like 
I feel like I this is so under the radar due to all the international news, the state news, and maybe that's the other thing is 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 Governor Abbott just trying to be crazy and and do like a magic show? So we're all focused over here, and then while all these city councils are rechanging maps, we're not all really spending our local news into this stuff. Yeah, I imagine that a lot of the people who um, were behind Map X and the Independent Redistricting Committee will show up to voice their opinion. Honestly, like, I don't, are the city councilors going to actually be listening and hearing these people? I don't know. I do think it's really interesting that, um, like, Beck is supporting Nettles map and Beck is criticizing Flores, even though Flores is putting forth the map that's closest to the independent committee. Parker seems to support uh flores moons out there and firestone like kind of supports his map and it just feels like everybody is all over the place um so i don't know i assume that the people that will be there on thursday to comment are ones that have been following this process the whole time and are probably very frustrated that um the maps originally put forth are not the ones actually being considered at this point, which is what people have voiced the whole way as a concern of theirs. And um, it has very obviously come to fruition. So here's, here's, here's what I think we should do on the Fort Worth pod on the description is have our Tuesday voting, how we're going to vote. Because I love your strategy. And I, the crazy thing about it, I don't think it's talked about enough. The carry, Voting for Carrie Moon, the idea that we would go to go vote for Carrie Moon is so br- brilliant. I don't know who else has thought of those things. But I just feel like we need a game plan of we're all going to this place. We're voting Republican and we're voting this way. And then on Thursday, we just need to have the link of the time where it's at um, for people can know to try to make it. Um, I know you're out of town, but it seems like something, um, you know, we should try to, people should try to make, um, yeah, it's definitely something where, where people's voices need to need to be heard. Um, because it seems very apparent that they're not. And the, the council is kind of just in this echo chamber of doing their, their own thing. Um, so I would say inundate them with, voices asking for the transparency that was promised in this process. Let's hop over to some road conversations. According to a study from location tech company, TomTom, local drivers in 2021 lost 67 hours in rush hour. Um, Here's how much time was lost on each of Tarrant County's most congested roadways in 2020. I-35 West from Northeast 28th Street to I-30, 1.1 million hours. 35 West from Texas 170 to 287, 861,000 hours. 35 West from 287 to 28, 959,000 hours. 
airport freeway from Texas 26 to Northeast 820, over a million hours. Our road situation total 6.3 million lost hours in 2020, a year when like nobody was going to the office. <laughs> like literally when everybody was staying home, North Texans, Fort Worthians still lost 6.3 million hours on the roads in 2020. Like it is insane how bad our road situation is. And it is literal insanity, the actual definition of insanity to continue just trying to build roads and not find other solutions, which is what we're doing. Yeah, they said right off the top, we could travel to the moon with all the time and hours spent (laughs) (laughs) in traffic. So. So that's crazy. And it kind of leads us into... Um, some of the bigger economic development points we want to hit for today. Last week, we talked a lot about what Forward is not doing. And this week, we're kind of going to get into the plans that still kind of show what we're not doing. So the 2022 Economic Development Strategic Plan update is now online. It was released this week. And they described it as bold and innovative, but it kind of just continues doubling down on what Fort Worth is already doing. I will say that they recognize the gap in deal closing money that we highlighted last week, that only $2 million a year um, from Fort Worth is going towards attract companies and that we lag significantly behind the rest of the Metroplex in that. Um, But When they talk about initiative two um, and real estate development, they're talking about expanding the convention center, which we knew about, um, building more office space and building more roads. Like this is literally the exact opposite of what you would expect a modern city to be doing. Like office space is not the future. Like we have seen, like we do not need to continue trying to prop up the commercial real estate office space industry. We definitely don't need to be doubling down on it and building like a million square feet of it. And we definitely don't need to just be focused on building more and more roads because that doesn't get us anywhere when we're not investing in alternative modes of transportation. So like this came out this week and I just, I just laughed. I was like, why are we just, yeah, we're we're building offices. We're building offices that we don't want to be at and driving to them when we don't want to be on the road. We don't want to be in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I just always crack up when the real estate people on Twitter be like, man, everybody's so pumped to be back to office. And I'm just like, I, 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 I hope you are not like, this, this is. I hope this is. You're, you're realizing this could be your J.C. Penny blockbuster moment, and you're really holding on to your it, Kmart. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> just, um, and so, it's like clearly you don't spend any time on uh, TikTok or like younger 
forms of social media that are very much so all in on not going back to the office and helping their peers figure out how to not go back to the office. Yeah. Um, And I just think like it talks about inclusive talent attraction and retention and like, that's just not going to happen if these are the priorities. Like, I don't know very many young people who are excited about moving to a place with overpriced rents compared to median income, having to drive 25 to 30 minutes in a car to go into their office every day or multiple days of the week. It's just not... This is not a you build this and they come because we've yeah. already, we've already built and no one's coming. Statistically, no one has showed up. Like from and like, businesses. And I, I'm honestly like, I'm not against expanding the convention center and redoing the convention oh, center. Like if that, if that's going to bring people to the city and like give us capacity for larger events, like that's great. Like let's, uh, I don't think that that is a bad piece of this, but calling that dynamic and innovative, it's just doubling down on yeah. what we already do, which is try and prop up downtown with these conventions that are bringing people to those hotels and businesses. One of the things I'm thinking about the convention center, um, I, we actually do a great job for how old our convention center is getting a lot of like cool stuff. Like that. You remember when we got the yeah, comic con, but I was wondering, like my thought was we were getting these things because we probably offer the best price in the Metroplex compared to Dallas. Like our convention center mm. is more cost affordable. So my fear is that if we do upgrade the convention center and now like we still are going to have to, pro- I'm, I'm assuming we, we were doing that because we knew our, amenities and infrastructure was not as nice as other convention centers. It'd be interesting to see um, if it boosts the level of people who come in um, because we still provide a competitive price. But um, that's something I was, I was thinking about. That is interesting. I, uh, I hadn't thought about it in those terms because I, you know, like, I don't know the the cost yeah. of it, um, but I would imagine that there's probably some, that that does play a role in what we're getting. Um, but yeah, because you remember this, when like BTS came to the convention center, I knew they had to be so confused. Yeah. They're like, where the heck yeah. am I? Yeah. This, is, this is dusty bowl. But that does also lead into talking about, we've, we've talked about Airbnb before and how Fort Worth is not an Airbnb friendly city. And we stick our heads in the ground when it comes to, you know, trying to actually do something about it. Um, and they have actually been cracking down more and more on short-term rentals in the past like month, month and a half. Um, back from when we hosted, like I'm still in a group with, um, short-term rental owners. And it's a lot of the like long tenured home renters that are getting cracked down on. So they are organizing a group and petition to go to city council on this Tuesday and try to actually have a conversation about this. Um, We can link the petition in 
the show notes. Um, but like Fort Worth has to take their head out of the sand with this. We can't just keep trying to prop up the downtown hotels. And if we're actually serious about bringing larger conventions here, we need places for those people to stay. So, and also their preferred choice of staying. It's not even, it's not even like everyone's going to want to stay in an Airbnb, not stay in hotels. Right. Like, like right now I got friends in Airbnbs right now in Fort Worth. It's like, and like we're we're propping up for the national we're propping up national investment dollars and not local money so when you bring these conventions in and you're sticking them all in hotels owned by chain companies that aren't local to fort worth the economic impact of those uh conventions is significantly less than advertised because that money is not staying here in Fort Worth. We might be getting some tax dollars from it, but we could be getting significantly more if all of that, if more of that money was going towards locals hosting Airbnbs and then also getting an occupancy tax on those Airbnbs. Like it's just so hilarious how poorly Fort Worth has managed short-term rentals. Um, it's predictable based on how we manage anything that is innovative. Um, but if we're actually serious about increasing the capacity of our convention centers, we need to have this conversation and make meaningful change around how we manage short-term home rentals. Yeah. Um, man, just, just, you know, you know, we really never know what's going to happen on the pod. I feel like we always leave the pod seeing where it's going. But I might say this could be our most important pod from where there's actual directions and steps that need to be taken. Like, I feel like you're, I'm still blown away. Like, I feel like the title of this of this podcast says, needs to be, we are voting for Carrie Moon. Like, that just needs what's, what it's to say. Because, <laughs> because I'm still blown away from that discussion. People we don't want around, like, we have to figure out any way to make sure they're not around anymore. And so it's like, yeah, I don't want, as soon as I, I saw, maybe Harrison tweeted something that like Bud Kennedy confirmed that if Carrie Moon lost the primary, he could run again um, in the election this summer. After that, I was just like, okay, well then Carrie Moon has to win the primary. Like, I don't like, I don't care if I have to vote for him to do that. Like he needs to win the primary so that we don't have to deal with him anymore. And like, if Don Huffine somehow won the primary, like I think that's a cakewalk for Beto to beat because literally like people can't vote for somebody who's going to bankrupt the state, like remove our only source of tax revenue. Um, and all these people like Ken Paxton needs to get out and Dan Patrick needs to get out. Like all these people, we just got to get rid of. Then you have um, city council meeting on Thursday. Now you're talking Airbnb is going to be there on Tuesday. I mean, like th- these are these are very actionable, very important things going on uh, in Fort Worth this week. Um, so it's 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 just wild. And you were talking about downtowns. 
and, and just economic development. Is it like as much as I love skylines and I love downtowns, is it just safe to say that the idea of creating downtowns are just also outdated and old? Because like the only thing that can live in a, in, in a, in a, downtown is a hotel like it's kind of like you don't you if you airbnb if you turn one of those buildings into an airbnb then you just have a hotel so it's like i think yeah, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i just think like is the challenge that all these beautiful buildings and love seeing our skyline the only economic way to keep them alive is office space and hotels and both of those things are on the path to kmart um i would say no because um, I think I like I've been to a lot of cities that actually use their old architecture and old buildings in ways that benefit everyday people living there and tourists. Like you walk around Savannah, you walk around Toronto, Boston, Chicago, like but it'd be Sydney, good, to, but it'd be, Sydney, but it'd be Australia, good, but it'd be good to like, see what percentage of that of their of those spaces are still business and hotel that actually yeah be, a, yeah. Good, be but, a good pool to see across cities like what percentage of their downtowns is businesses hotels people live there and then like activities for locals and, and tourists right yeah and a lot of it is like restaurants and storefronts and um creating like dynamic mixed-use areas out of their old spaces uh, what are you doing on like, floor 34? You know, like I think that works. On well, floor. yeah, yeah. I don't like a lot of that's not necessary. I'm sure is probably office space or residential, but um, like the first floor, first couple floors being used more as uh, for small business and um, yeah, more residential. Like we don't have very much residential in like the downtown downtown yeah. of Fort Worth. And because of that, like all those businesses rely on conventions and office workers to stay afloat. Um, and so we kind of lose that like potential um, bodega style, uh, like neighborhood corner store type of environment because people just aren't going and walking around yeah um the city would would benefit the city would benefit so much from so much with lower rent like if you can somehow create lower rent in downtown you then have people living there they would eat around there they would do things around there i just i'm so over these like big like the way you talk about hotels is the way I'm talking about these big real estate companies who just overinflate pricing like no yeah. one's business. Billionaires don't become billionaires by being generous. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, just like, <laughs> it's it's yeah, um so yeah, one good thing though, we could talk about the tech stars, right? One good thing we could talk about is yeah. economic development. New business accelerator aims to put Fort Worth on the physical health industry map. Um, so, and also exciting things. We're actually looking to have, um, Robert Stearns back on the pod. His office did reach out and said, you know, let we would love to have Robert to talk more about these initiatives. Um, and what, why, why are they exciting? Because I think me and you are seeing, okay, like I think the recruitment of businesses sound interesting, but what does that look like? So anyways, we, we, we there is a path where we are having those dates, possibly early April, 
Um, and then we're also this Techstars uh, one, we're looking to have someone on the pod for that. So the Fort Worth Techstars Physical Health Accelerator will recruit up to 10 um, up and coming businesses from around the country to move to Fort Worth for three months. And I'm wondering why not the world, but to develop and pitch their ideas to investors like venture capitalists, angel investors, and foundations. The program was announced February 22nd at City Council as the city aims to beef up its economic development plan to attract more businesses to town. Um, yeah, so the accelerator is funded by $4.8 million of American Rescue Act funds from the city and country and, and county and about $10 million from real estate investment firm Goff Capital, the University of North Texas Health Science Center at Fort Worth over a three-year period which is not that much money in my opinion. This is a very $10 million over three years, 4.8. You're looking at 15, so $5 million over three years to manage this uh, this setup. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the idea here is, you know, Cameron Cushman was honestly probably one of the biggest leaders on something like this and uh, really was able to pit this on. And his kind of vision was, hey, if you go to the Cleveland Clinic or the Mayo Clinic for cancer, you know, how, how do you come to, I mean, for Houston, to Houston for, for cancer and then you go to Cleveland or the Mayo Clinic for heart issues? Why can't um, Fort Worth be the place to go for physical therapy? Um, so obviously there's probably a lot of ties to the UNT Health Science Center as well. Honestly, we knew this was coming. We, we heard this was going to be announced. Um, Trey Boyles um, is is from Dallas, has done a lot in Dallas around entrepreneurship. He, uh, the founder of The Deck, I believe, which is like a WeWork, but a Dallas um, version. Uh, or, or, or I believe he's the founder. If not, he was just a manager and leader of that as well. And he, when I started my company, he was one of the first people uh, I pitched and talked to. So definitely uh, he's a, a real person in the game. And uh, yeah, what is your take, Jimmy? Yeah, I think this is awesome. Like physical therapy is a massive industry. And if Fort Worth can try and take the step forward to say, like, we are going to be the hub for physical therapy, um, which honestly, like, I think we're a, a long, a further way down that road than people might know, um, especially when it comes to athletics. Like we have a lot of top uh, doctors and technology in the area where um, athletes, when they're playing a, when they're on the road playing a game against a Dallas based team, um, like they make sure to get time to get appointments with people here in North Texas. Um, and so adding something like this that can continue to spur new technology in the area um, is a great thing. And um yeah, I mean, shout out to Cameron for um, doing a lot to make this happen in the city and out of UNT Health Science Center. Um, because I, I think this is from the research that we were doing about tech stars. Um, this feels more specific than tech stars in a lot of other cities, where it's just like. Techstars Atlanta, Techstars Berlin, but this is Techstars Fort Worth physical therapy. And so like we're really zoning in on that uh, 
niche to try and attract talent to. And I like that, you know, and we were talking about how we like that strategy because, you know, it's easy to sell Berlin or Austin and like, you know, be more generic, but businesses will move for very strategic things. And so we're niching down and, and go and say, hey, we're going to focus here. I, I can't imagine if you're a physical health company, you would want to do anything else right now if, if you're just starting out. Um, so really cool strategy and uh, really excited about it. One thing that I think is, is interesting, and I've always um, talked to people about this idea and it's like, why? It's more of a why don't we do it? So you know how like college universities and endowments um, really are responsible for creating venture capital. I mean, like it's something crazy, mm-hmm. like how 20% of like Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and all these companies are owned by universities who invested mm-hmm. in through being LPs to venture capitalists. And, and now their endowments are through the roof. And I was always wondering like, why does governments not have a venture capital firm that actually invests in these things as well to then like you take tax dollars and then you, you, you are able to create more wealth for the city so I, I just know that that's not happening with this $4.6 million of CARES Act fund, uh, American Rescue Plan funds that we're pitting in. But it would have been hella dope if Fort Worth had equity now into these companies because we did that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, imagine, so, you know, you now you pit that equity into those companies. I know, I think Techstars takes like 7%. But what if the city of Fort Worth got 1% of these companies and if one of these companies sell for a hundred million dollars, you know, there's a million dollars that we added as profit. That's not property taxes. That's not any of these other things. And I've always like, I've always thought like we, our government should have venture capital, like colleges have successfully done with their endowment. And it's just mind blowing that we don't participate. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of like potential corruption in that. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure is why it's not a thing. Um, but like, I think that's kind of what the, like the pitch for the city to this is like, we're bringing um, people, new businesses to the area. And so we reap the tax dollar. Uh, yeah. And we benefit. currently do it. We currently do it with corporations, like where yeah. the building of sons of Liberty is, was owned by the city. And and then, you know, they made profit off that building, you know? Yeah. So they do make business decisions to make profit, um, as cities already. Um, they're just, again, doing old, old ways of business, um, to do so. Yeah. Um, well, like (laughs) that's a, an exciting thing in economic development as we've kind of, uh, railed on it the last couple of weeks (laughs) um you ready to move into wins and losses let's do it all right i will i'll start with my loss and it's like a half loss half win more just a frustration to me um but benbrook as it is growing so much um will get a new school building out of the 1.2 billion dollar bond even though 59% of area residents voted against it. And just seeing this, like it frustrated me. It's frustrating when we see um, 
Republicans around the country that voted against the infrastructure bill, like Kay Granger, trying to take credit for getting funding for something like Panther Island or other projects. And I'm not saying that I don't believe, I do not believe that you should only benefit from something if you voted for it. But I do think that like there has to be some sort of change of behavior for these people that continue to vote against good things happening across the city, but then just get to reap the benefits of it anyways. Like the school physically cannot continue to hold the number of students that it has. It cannot sustain the growth that it, that it has. It like literally has to have a new building built. Like there's no way around that for Benbrook yet. All these people went to the polls and voted against it. I'm saying like, I don't know. At what point do you say like, Hey, like you've got to hit your bursting bursting point and figure it out to see why this was needed as opposed to just kind of getting to kick and scream like a toddler, but then get your way anyways. Um, so that was just a frustrating thing to me. It's obviously a good thing that a new building is being built. Um, even though it is out of Fort Worth ISD, um, or in Fort Worth ISD, but it, it's in Benbrook. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I just, uh, it is a, a pet peeve when people take credit for um, or benefit from things that they act actively work against. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my loss is on the same kind of path. Voting turnout is expected to be at 7%. Um, so again, poor voter turnout in Fort Worth. Be there March 1st. Be there Tuesday. Make it happen. Yeah. Vote for it's Karen wild. Miller. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's wild that, uh, I mean, we're, we're not obviously electing a governor this time, but we're doing a lot towards electing the highest leaders of our state. And just like nobody, nobody knows that it's going on and nobody cares to show up. And that's why, like we said, come May, when we're voting about city council raises and other things like one, 2% of people are going to show up to that. Um, and I, there's just a lot of like local and statewide things that people complain about, but then don't use their voice when they have the opportunity to, um, which is on them, but also on our leaders for not engaging well enough with people to um, get them informed and get them out to vote. Yeah. What, what's uh what's your win? I'll, I'll save my win to the, to the, to the end so you can go and then I'll, I'll okay. my last. My win. I mentioned last week how we um, joined Fort Worth's composting program recently, but now using a federal grant, Fort Worth seeks to triple the number of residents composting food scraps. Um, since 2019, 1,600 people have signed up to collect food waste through Fort Worth's residential composting program. Um, 
this year they'll be increasing the number of drop sites and um through a uh grant by the u.s department of agriculture we uh will be able to increase focus on that it's estimated right now that about 30 percent of all waste headed to our landfill could be composted instead um honestly we love it we dropped ours off yesterday um we pre-composting i would say we took out our trash like two times a week now i would say we're looking at like less than once a week um so like it's had a major impact on the amount of waste that we're producing um it's something that's really easy to get our our kid involved in um and is a big win for the the city and the longevity of our landfill and our waste um getting rid of our waste so i thought that was a big win for us huge yeah huge easy to sign up yeah super easy to sign up um we're hoping that in this increase in drop zones that they'll put one over here in meadowbrook on the east side um right now we have to go to uh magnolia area to to do it um but we'd love if one of those was posted up at like the historic south side community center or maybe even uh, coffee folk in the old fires and fire station pottery, um, or Oakland Lake park. Um, so we're hoping that one of the six or seven new locations is over here, but super easy to sign up. Um, you just go pick up your buckets and, uh, they give you instructions on how to drop your waste. Yeah. Um, uh, well, my win was, uh, that this was just a good episode. I wanted to keep it short. I was like, I was going to do the win. I was like, oh, four times so we can keep it under an hour. I was going to be like, this is a great show. Jimmy, I am thankful for your ideas. Um, I I was super impressed with your ideas today. So today, the win is you, my man. I feel like if you were listening, there was some. I learned a lot from Jimmy today. Um, so just keep being you, man. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot of work to do. Yeah, it's a big week. Make sure if you haven't early voted, go out and vote by Tuesday. Um, sign the petition to help support our short-term home uh, rental people. Um, help voice your support come Thursday with uh, redistricting. And uh, yeah, we're excited for the next couple of weeks. Next week, we'll have a normal episode. The week after, we're still recording live at South by Southwest. Uh, we didn't get uninvited uh, for anybody wondering. <laughs> <laughs> at least not yet still. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll be there and we're, we're excited to do that. Awesome, man. Well, uh, enjoy uh, Disney World and uh, see you soon. Yeah, you too. Dopamine, dopamine swipe. Follow us like double tap. Now they control your life, control your.